So today we're going to be um, looking into sanctification. Um, let's, let's start real quick in chapter 6 of Romans. We're going to look at a couple of places to kind of uh, get our footing. Uh, when we think about sanctification, I put together just this short little um, sentence trying to um, pack a, a lot of um, truth that we're going to be looking at in Scripture into really a, a small, concise uh, consumable phrase. Um, so sanctification, this is the uh, progressive work of God through the influence and power of the Holy Spirit leading the Christian to will and work towards greater freedom from sin and towards Christ's likeness. So I'll, I'll say that again. Uh, sanctification, this is the progressive work of God through the influence and power of the Holy Spirit leading the Christian to will, that is to desire, and to work towards greater freedom from sin and towards Christ's likeness. Um, let's look in Romans chapter 6. I'm going to kind of give you a couple of places that we're going to be in today, and then we'll kind of push on into it. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 6. Now, we talked about this um, in detail last week, so we're not going to spend a lot of time here. We're really just going to get our footing um, and then start pu pushing on into the next passages of text. So Romans chapter 6 is going to lead us then um, to, act, to be thinking about what is this fruit um, that, that we should be looking for, and we're going to go then to Galatians chapter 5 um, and look at the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to be looking in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. Um, we will look then at Romans chapter 8. Um, particularly there, we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 15. And then we're going to finish with uh, Philippians chapter 2. Um, we'll be in uh, verses 12 and 13 there. Um, the idea that we're going to see there uh, is this idea that God works in you, um, changing your desires and changing um, your the things that you uh, look for in life. So ultimately our hope for sanctification, we're going to um, kind of leave off um, with this idea that... Um, if you are a child of God, that he is changing who you are and the things that you desire, right? So like if you find yourself today, um, perhaps you have areas in your life where um, there's, there's sin that remains and um, it's come to your attention and it's a thing that you're focusing on and that you, um, that at times you find yourself disheartened by the struggle in it. Um, understand that uh, there is a work that's taking place in you um, by God Himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer, right, there's going to be a clear distinction that we're going to see in the text as we look today uh, that we need to pay close attention to. These, uh, this idea of, of what it looks like to be chasing and walking after the flesh versus chasing and following after the Holy Spirit. Um, so we need to learn as, as followers of Christ to pay close attention to the Spirit's leading in our lives. Uh, we can't do that outside of God's Word. Like You can't expect to be 
far from God as far as knowledge and understanding of who He is and what He's called us to and expect the Holy Spirit to work powerfully and mightily in your life. Like spending time in God's Word, understanding the truth of God's Word um, helps us to be more in tune and hear and listen to uh, the Holy Spirit leading us in our life. Um, And this, um, together with His changing of our desires will in time lead to progress, not perfection on this side, but progress for sure in your walk with God that you should be growing in holiness. We should at all times as believers be asking ourselves, am I progressing forward in the faith? Am I progressing forward? Do I find myself at a place now uh, to where I'm stagnant? Get into God's Word. Spend time with Him. He will move through His Word in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and lead you forward in righteousness, um, progressing you to more freedom from sin and more um, looking like Christ in your daily lives. So let's let's kind of pay attention to those, for those details as we uh, look into the text this morning. So Romans chapter uh, Romans chapter six. I'm going to be looking at verses 15 through 18, and then I'm going to jump down uh, to verses 20 and 22. So verse 15. Uh, what then are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience which leads to righteousness? So who do you find yourselves obeying is one of the questions that we should ask ourselves here. You are not slaves of sin, right? As a believer, Romans is crystal clear about your position. You are not slaves. Sin does not reign over you. Sin is not your master. But you could find yourself giving yourself over as obedient slaves, right? But if you find yourself in that place where you have given yourself over, you have put the chains on yourself yet again, recognize that you are not a slave, that you can walk away. That you can, where before Christ entered into your life, before He changed you from an old creation to this new creation, before this happened, you were indeed slaves. You could do only what your old desires were, and there was no hope for the change in your desires. Right? Yet now you have this hope that God, the God who raises dead men to life, is at work within you, changing your wills, changing your desires. So don't be obedient slaves. What we find time and time again in Scripture is for the believer there's a call out of this pattern. Don't find yourselves thinking and believing that you are who you once were. You are not. There is something new about you. There is a power at work within you that has the power to change you. This work of sanctification is continuous work, right? And this is what, verse 17, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin... Listen to the tense that he's using there. Who were once slaves of sin have become obedient 
from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. Think about what he's talking about there. What is it that takes that helps us as believers go from this this position of slavery and obedience to sin to some other way of living, right? It's a standard of teaching. This is why it is important for us to listen and hear from good teaching from God's Word. It is important for us to spend time ourselves letting the author of Scripture himself speak to us. Because it is in understanding these truths that we are able to walk more faithfully before Him. Right? And, verse 18, And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Right? So what does He say? He doesn't place us in this like middle ground between the two. He tells us you're not slaves of sin any longer, but now you have become slaves of righteousness. Right? This is the type of righteousness at the end of verse 19 there that it says, and slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. So we ought to expect as followers of Christ, listen to me, we ought to expect that we become more holy as we continue this life with Him. Right? That should be an expectation that we have. It should be... We should not think of ourselves that in 10 years' time we look exactly as we look today. Right? Not if God is working in us. We ought to look different. And if you've been walking with Christ for any length of time... You should be able to reflect back honestly. And not, here's what I'm like. We can be critical of ourselves. I can look back from now to when I was first saved and I can find things that are still issues, right? That appear that there may be very little change going on, right? Every one of you can find places where you could be more negative against your work, this work of sanctification taking place in you. But if, you're, if you are a believer, here's the reality. If you are a believer and you reflect over time, you ought to see things that He has changed in you. Right? And if we have not, then we should, again, be pressing ourselves deeper into Scripture. Um, so that the Holy Spirit might um, take greater strides within us, changing our desires, changing our wills, changing the things that we want in this life. Uh, verse 20 of Romans chapter 6 here, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you were now ashamed? Right? He's kind of shifting us to, to be thinking here about f this fruit, like what fruit was coming from the lives that we lived before Christ. And, and now um, we, we understand the, the latter part of verse 21 um, that the result of that fruit, the end of those things, he says, is death. But verse 22, but now that you have been set free from sin, again, it is crystal clear for the believer your position here in regards to sin. You are not slaves of it, right? For, but, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end 
is eternal life, or and its end, eternal life, right? So what should we be expecting if we are followers of Christ here? If we are being led by the Holy Spirit? We should expect fruit that leads to sanctification. And we're going to ask ourselves, and, and we'll look over in Galatians chapter 22 uh, to find the answer for this. Uh, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5, I said 22. We're going to be looking specifically at verse 22 there. So if you would flip uh, to Galatians chapter 5 with me. I'm going to start reading um, I'm going to start reading in verse 13. Um, again, if you were to, and, and I would encourage you to do this, go back, um, look, kind of read from the beginning of Galatians to here, um, and and kind of just follow the follow the context of what he's of what he's doing here. We we see continually um, in uh, the New Testament, particularly this um, positioning of what it looks like to to walk and chase after flesh versus what it looks like to walk and chase after uh, the Spirit of God. Um, And here we're going to see particularly the fruit of that Spirit that we should be able to examine and see in our lives. Um, Verse 13, he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, right? So we're called to freedom, but don't use your freedom to please the flesh, but through love, through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So when we consider our lives as believers, and um, I've covered this enough. You can go back and look at um, the the, the series that we did through Romans, where we looked at Romans 6, which we've covered in our discussion last week, and then we press into chapter 7 of Romans, and then into chapter 8, and one of the things that we that I uh, went to great pains to highlight in chapter 7 is what I believe is an area of confusion oftentimes where we will see believers using what Paul says in the in the latter part of chapter 7 as a justification for why it is that we continue in sin. And we will say, well, look, Paul has the same struggles, right? But I think that the way that we approach that entire run through chapter 7, we're oftentimes using it out of the context of what we find in chapter 6 and out of the context of what we find again in chapter 8. The book ends here. Beginning and end, that, that that difficult chapter finds itself nestled in between is the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer, chapter 6. The work of the Spirit in the life of the believer, chapter 8. And then if you look at that whole run 
of difficulty in chapter 7, what you will find is no mention of the Spirit's work in the life of the believer at all. If you were a believer and you were resting only in your fleshly efforts, you could only hope for failure. Right? But that is not the way that we walk as believers. That's your hope. This is like... When you were called to Christ, your hope was not. This is not your hope. Your hope was not, let me clean you up a little bit and I'm going to send you on your way. And then when you get to the end, you're going to look just as dirty because you went under your own efforts as before. Right? That's not the hope that we have as believers. Jesus did not just come to clean us up and send us on our own way. Right? He's cleaned us up. He's given us a forever position of righteousness before God. And then He's given us the Spirit of God Himself to walk in holiness through this life. Right? Leading us further into this walk. Right? So if you find yourself as a believer thinking that you've been made clean, but now you it's all up to you from here on out, you misunderstand what it is to be a Christian. Right? But I say to you, verse 16, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit. How are you walking? How are we walking? Sanctification here is primarily the work of God in the life of the believer, but we are called to be active in this work. Walk by the Spirit. How are you walking? Or are you walking? Like this is something we should consider. What is what is our stance? I'm clean, but if I move anywhere, I'm going to be dirty because I'm going to do it of my own effort. So I'll just stay still. Is that Should that be the position of the Christian life? Is that I don't want to mess up what he's done, so I just won't do anything because I'm bound to mess it up. Is that Should that be the, the stance? No. Walk. Walk. Get up. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is a pretty intense promise here, if this is true that he's telling us. That if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, do you find yourselves oftentimes seeking to gratify the desires of the flesh? If you do, what is true? In those moments, you are not walking by the Spirit. Because if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another. To keep you from doing things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit. So we've got, we're walking by the Spirit. Now we're led by the Spirit. You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. All right, so um, we get in, in verse 19 here uh, some some fruit that we could kind of reflect back on what we were looking at in chapter six. What what were, what was the fruit 
Um, uh, chapter 6 of Romans, excuse me. Um, what was the fruit of the lives that we lived outside of Christ? What, what, what's the typical fruit that we see from the human race apart from the work of God in the lives of those that he's called to himself? Um, this, is, this is what we find. Um, sexual immorality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Um, I want to point out real quickly because oftentimes we see sorcery and we think that's like this weird thing that used to happen, but it's, you know, like it, it's really not um, something that happens anymore. Uh, the word that is translated there, sorcery, is the word pharmakia, which is the word that we use for pharmacy. More, I'm not... <laughs> slamming against modern medicine here because it's very important but the abuse of drugs is another way that we could use this that we could see this term like sorcery literally is the misuse of drugs right yes 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 like psychedelic experiences like um, like abusing abusing um, good gifts, right? All of these that we, all of these that we see here, you could almost like, for the most part, place them into like the abuse of of good gifts. Um, so here we find like, what do we find in the culture that we're around now? If not the um, abuse in in every angle of uh, drugs for um, for all sorts of uh, foolishness. So uh, enmity, we see strife. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, uh, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, verse the, the middle there of verse 21, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I, wanna, I want us to pause there for a second. And I want us to reflect on the things that we see in that list of verse 19. Um, Perhaps we're not involved in orgies, right? Um, Perhaps uh, we're not prone to fits of anger. Words. (laughs) Fits of anger. (laughs) Right? Um, these, I think that what we find here is a general categorization of the types of lives that are lived apart from God. Um, and in all of these, we find excesses, right? Um, I, I think the thing that's probably most easy for us to see here, um, just the beginning of verse 20, idolatry, um, which is the worship of anything above God. And oftentimes I think that um, we find ourselves, uh, whether we uh, intend on it or not, um, having times where there are things that get our devotion and our um, worship that are not, uh, that are not God. Um, and that is listed amongst 
orgies, drunkenness, sexual immorality, and all the others, right? Like, um, there's, not, there's not one who, prior to coming to Christ, would find themselves innocent of all of the things listed um, in that verse. But, but, verse 22, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is. So, when we think about this work of God in us changing our desires, changing what we will to do, um, we should see in time a shifting away of our desires from the things that are found in 19, 20, 21 to the things that we find here in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified or have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Right? So if you are one who lives by the Spirit, how are you walking? How's your daily life looking? Um, do you think that you can walk with God apart from spending time with God? How do we do that? In prayer? In fasting? In the studying of His Word? Do you find yourselves um, slacking in those things? How do you expect to live by the Spirit if you're not seeking the Spirit through the Word of God? Um, we will um, wrap this thing up there today. Um, next week we're going to look at uh, Romans chapter 8, um, Philippians chapter 2. Um, we're going to kind of press further into this reality that um, if you are looking to be sanctified of your own efforts, you will fail just as you failed to be justified by your own efforts. But if, by the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you'll live. God's Spirit is changing our wills and our desires. And he's leading us and, and changing us into the likeness of Christ so that we desire to do the will of God. And that is the hope that we have um, when we think about the work that God is doing in us through his Holy Spirit. And he does this as we spend time, um, quiet time in our in our in our own lives, uh, digging into his word. He does this when we spend time collectively uh, as a church. Um, like in this context, he does that um, when we go into the sanctuary and he pours into our hearts through uh, the preacher so that we could um, have sin pointed out that remains and so that the Holy Spirit can work to encourage us that we might um, press on in this work of sanctification. So um, y'all just keep that in mind as we close out today and um, 
and kind of shift our eyes towards where we're going to be looking next week.